Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everybody. Go to strengthguild.com, S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-G-U-I-L-D.com. Scroll down to the Iron Radio Collections, and we've got new shirts and new banners for you to support the show. Everything from just a regular banner, regular shirt, to ones with sayings on them, like Lonnie's Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree shirt. And some news for you, we're going to have some contests for people who own these shirts and things. So if you support the show, we'll let you more on that later. So if you get in on these early, you can be one of the first people to win some prizes. So, thank you very much. Go check out the site, strengthguild.com. Scroll down to Iron Radio Collections and support the show. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and nutrition professor of about 20 years, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens, powerlifter, Highland Games athlete. I run Strength Guild, coach, and athlete. This is Dr. Mike Nelson, associate professor at the Kerrig Institute, creator of the Flex Diet Cert and still at home. Still at home. <laughs> still at home. I got out kiteboarding, though, for two days this past week. So first day I've been out kiteboarding this entire year. So that was uh, super fun. Yeah. I, I got to think the UV light and everything like that is going to be helpful. You know, I mean, like, people are, like, panicked about they, They'll show a scene from the beach. Crowds on the beach, bad, right? But if you're going to actually be near other human beings... Being out in direct sunlight all day long and in clean, blowing air and stuff, that might be a little bit better than being indoors. So, yeah, that's what I figured. We went to just Pepin, which is an hour from here, which in three months, that is by far and away the longest I've driven a vehicle. Up until mm-hmm. that, I hadn't driven longer than a mile. And that was only three times in like three months. So, that was even weird to drive. And I'm like, well, there's only a, like six other people that are going to be there anyway. Like you said, it's outside. Yeah, it's super windy. You're in, literally almost in the middle of kind of Nowheresville, out on a lake. So out yeah. of all the things I could do in terms of being risky, I'd rate it probably pretty low. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's just weird for me to even bring it up, probably. But I've been totally. Yeah. I, I've been lashed to my computer for so many months that even going outside or doing something like that, you know, it, it kind of trips that little switch in the back of your mind. Is this okay? Yep, that's okay. You know, I, I don't Anyway. Yeah. Weird experience to go to the gas station the other day on the way down and then stop by Walgreens. And the gas station, like, no one's wearing a mask. No one's wearing gloves. Like, they have the little partition things. And the guy just, like, talks to you and hands you your change, like, around it. Like, no one's following anything. I'm like, oh, great. But then you go to the drugstore, and it's like everyone had masks on. Everyone was following the rules. And... They were literally just across the street from each other. It was a very bizarre world. Yeah. <laughs> like, completely different. Yeah, there seems to be this, like, choice, you know, um, camps yeah. of people, sort of. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. All righty. Uh, we have two pieces of science news this morning. And then we're going to do some silly quick-fire questions for the guys. 18 questions, this or that, choices, right, preference-type questions. Um, we were just talking before we hit the record button, but I think Mike might have been presenting somewhere or, you know, gallivanting around the world somewhere last time we did this. So this will give everybody a chance to uh, answer some quick fire questions and let some of the newer listeners, you know, know how twisted we are. Strength and muscle sport news. So, uh, news. This first one is from friend Don Anderson. So she, she's been on the show before. She's a caffeine and coffee researcher, and she's at it again. Uh, this is actually, let's see, April 2020. So Journal of Strength Conditioning Research, Real and Perceived Effects of Caffeine on Sprint Cycling in Experienced Cyclists. Now, this is cyclists, I know, and God, it's always the default. I feel like, Dawn, come on, you know, lifters. But... <clears throat> It says caffeine ingestion before an exercise bout may provide an ergogenic effect for anaerobic performance, particularly in trained athletes. 
Uh, and we saw that firsthand when we were doing some of that work with Redline uh, when I was up there working with her. Uh, they took nine men and one woman, trained mm. cyclists. That's an odd mix. At some point, I think you just make the women a uh, separate yeah. study, you know, get the recruiting up. But they completed three trials of the Wingate, so, you know, bike sprints. Subjects were given coffee that they believed contained a high caffeine dose, a low oh, caffeine yeah. dose, or a placebo 45 minutes yeah. before the Wingate. Um, so they're purposely misleading them. Um, let's see here. No significant differences were found in the trials for blood lactate or for heart rate. And honestly, I'm not that surprised by that. A lot of listeners, you might be surprised yourself that caffeine doesn't automatically dramatically raise heart rate, but it does not. It doesn't always affect rate of perceived exertion either uh, in studies. But Especially when combined with exercise. If you're just measuring at rest, you'll sometimes see a bump in heart rate. But right, what yeah. I've seen in during exercise, that's not always true. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's just such yeah. dramatic stimulus exercise. You know? Yeah. Um, so seven of the ten or seven of the subjects, about 70%, correctly identified the caffeine trial as the high caffeine trial. So get, they guessed correctly. And that brings up a good point. I know Dawn did a talk at ISSN a couple of years ago that – you know, some of the, the pitfalls with caffeine research. How do you do a double-blind placebo study with high-dose caffeine, right? Um, you know when you're wired witless. Uh, anyway, time to peak power. This is the key finding, I think, to me. Time to peak power was significantly shorter. So, in other words, better. They ramped up to peak power faster uh, for the trial in which the subjects incorrectly guessed that they had consumed caffeine when they were actually given a placebo. Hmm. So they were given the coffee, guessed that they had the the high caffeine. This is how I'm understanding this. And then they reached peak power in 1.6 seconds versus 2.3 seconds. So uh, let's see. There seems to be a placebo effect, as far as the conclusion here, of caffeine on anaerobic performance. There's some other data in here I won't bore everybody with, but this reminds me of a study that we once did where we looked, was there any correlation between how wired you were and alert you were mentally and how fast the bar was traveling, and there was no correlation. It's not a one-for-one hmm. thing. You know, like the more wired I feel, like they're like, man, my performance is way better. You know, the more wired, the better the performance. And meanwhile, we're quietly looking at the velocity with this equipment, and we're like, that bar's not moving any faster, man. You just feel like it is. You're zooming yeah. mentally. <clears throat> and that's the hard part. Perception is you're not always accurate. So even just with some lifts, I'll ask clients, I'm like, you know, how fast do you think you were moving? And I've even done this <clears throat> with myself, even just in video. And sometimes you think the bar is just slowed down to a crawl. And then you watch the video, you're like, that was slow, but it wasn't that slow. It wasn't as slow as I thought. Or sometimes you think it's really fast and you watch the video. Oh, that's kind of slow. <laughs> Yep. Yep. So there's definitely, um, I, at least in my experience in the lab, there, there's a sort of a, a disjoining between the mental stuff and the physical stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You can fool your mind uh, to feel more alert with the placebo effect, I think, more than you can your muscles. Your muscles are like, listen, is there real caffeine here or not? You know? Mm. Um, anyway. Yeah. There was a. A study Andy Gilpin talked about a while ago, and I think it was just doing hold times on a plank. And so they were <clears throat> purposely trying to deceive them and give them information about what their, I think, previous was. And then they changed kind of the, the parameters. I can't remember exactly how they did it. But the takeaway was kind of if you skew it by like single-digit percentages or something that seems kind of realistic... Like, you can see more from the placebo effect. But once you start getting into, like, an unrealistic thing, your body just goes, eh, and a lot of times got worse. Hmm. Almost like, eh, I'm never going to do that good. Something must be off. And then you just kind of quit early. So that was kind of interesting, too. And I can't remember the exact specs of this, the study. but And that's usually what you see if you look at a lot of other studies. The placebo, you're still looking at single digit percentages a lot of times and yeah, yeah. there's even been a couple of old studies that did that with uh they told the group they were getting steroids and another group there they were not and it was just a placebo and the group who believed they were getting the steroids actually made quite a bit better gains than the other group <laughs> right 
I remember that one because it was chronic, right? I, everything we do yeah, with caffeine was. is acute and right now. Like, I feel wired right now. But, I mean, that's an ongoing self-delusion, right? That, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm taking, I don't know, DECA <laughs> no. or something. Yeah. Interesting. Last question on this one, Lonnie. Could you – do you think do high-dose L-theanine with the caffeine to try to mask a little bit of the effects, that jittery feeling to – maybe make it more of a placebo i know you're adding another variable into it now in regards to performance though too yeah uh, i guess my formulation of that in the past with creatine studies at least has been animal models you know just take the psychology out of it because you don't have to there's not this like verbal psychological script that you have to say to the person and control for yep. and motivate and you know you just literally like like we we were in a mouse model to sever the Achilles, put it on a hook, and see if the mouse, if the little gastroc contracts better or not. And if that disturbs people, listen, you're alive because of animal research. And I, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not saying be abusive or any of that kind of stuff. But some of this stuff is, like I said, how do you take the psychology out of a performance nutrient, right, or dietary yeah. component like this? And um, animal models are one of the ways that's done. Um, so, okay. <laughs> I have one more here. This is from ergolog.com. We bring these guys up every once in a while. An interesting, you know, they talk about drugs. They talk about supplements, um, different things. The title of this is More Testosterone and Less Estradiol in Coffee Drinkers. It's interesting. Hmm. So they actually are referencing a epidemiology study from harvard that was in the american journal of clinical nutrition this is not a brand new study but it just came to my attention and i thought it was worth bringing up um, upwards of twenty thousand women not quite that high and about half as many men um, what the ergolog interpretation was is it says the effects of coffee uh, covered in this piece uh, are independent of the effects of caffeine they may be the work of the phenols in the coffee, such as chlorogenic acid. And, of course, that's something we're speculating about quite a bit as we start looking at blood sugar studies uh, with coffee. Anyway, so I wanted to go pull the, the full paper uh, to get as close to the primary literature as possible. So this is the study, HANG, H-A-N-G, and colleagues. The title is Coffee Consumption and Plasma Biomarkers of Metabolic and Inflammatory Pathways in U.S. Health Professionals. So may not always apply to hard training athletes or lifters, but, uh, you know, they're people. Let's see. Coffee consumption has been linked to lower risk of various health outcomes, but the biological pathways remain poorly understood. So basically what they did was the purpose was to look at the association between coffee consumption and the concentrations of plasma biomarkers in key metabolic inflammatory pathways. So here are some th the things they looked at. Uh, 14 different biomarkers, C-peptide, uh, insulin-like growth factor 1, estrone, uh, estradiol, both total and free, testosterone, both total and free, <clears throat> sex hormone binding globulin, which ties up those sex hormones, adiponectin, uh, CRP, interleukin-6, uh, quite a few different things. Anyway... These guys say 15,551 women from the Nurses Health Study and 7,397 men from the Health Professionals Follow-Up Study. Um, they provided dietary data before a blood draw. Uh, they did not have diabetes, heart disease, or cancer at the time of the blood draw. Here is the results. Participants who drank more than four cups of total coffee per day and just as a side note, that seems to be the tipping point in a lot of these studies, the diabetic studies and, and all that stuff. Around four cups is a, about the, a good solid dose. But they had lower concentrations of C-peptide. Now, Mike, maybe you can refresh me. That's just a pancreatic peptide that's a signal of uh, suggestive of insulin secretion? Yeah, <clears throat> C-peptide is a pretty good approximate marker of insulin levels yeah. over about 24 hours. Yeah. Because if you just do a one insulin level, it's very, very different, even minute to minute, possibly second to second. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it says 8.7% um, lower C-peptide. So in other words, mm. lower insulin, better glycemic control, probably. Um, estrone, so the lesser of the estrogens was 6.4% reduced. 
estradiol, which is the main estrogen, was 5.7% reduced. Free estradiol, which very arguably uh, is the important aspect here, down 8% or so. Uh, C-reactive protein, the inflammatory marker made by your liver, 16.6% reduction from drinking coffee. So it looks like Hmm. those antioxidants in the coffee are anti-inflammatory. Interleukin-6, I've measured this myself in the lab, 8% roughly reduced. Uh, And then the participants had higher concentrations of total T, uh, 7.3% higher testosterone in women, 5.3% in men. Interesting. So not just lower Hmm. estrogen, but higher testosterone. This almost makes it look like maybe the phenols are interfering with aromatase enzyme. You know, keeping the the T up and the estrogen down. They did have higher SHBG. uh, So that suggests that maybe a little more of the testosterone was tied up. Um, Higher adiponectin. Hmm. So uh, the results were largely similar for caffeinated and decaffeinated coffee. And I think that's why the Ergolog guys who were the, you know, reporting on this we're suggesting is probably the phenols, right? Because you can get phenols from both caffeinated and decaffeinated coffee. Uh, Hopefully the only difference would be the caffeine content. So, yeah, I mean, is that going to be an anabolic effect? Well, you know, five, six percent up and down here and there? Probably no. But if it's something you're doing anyway, yeah, I'll take it. You know, um, interesting little boost to your T levels and a drop in estrogen I think most lifters would be like, okay, that's cool. So, Yeah, especially it's not making them any worse either. I mean, I think that's one of the questions people wonder about. It's like, yeah, if anything, it may, at least in those concentrations, may be beneficial slightly. Yep, yep. I think if there are major effects, it would be on, like they showed, the. it surprised me, almost 17% reduced C-reactive protein. I've measured that before in the lab too. You have to get the real sensitive, like highly sensitive ELISA kits to yeah. actually detect that stuff. Because, you know, if you, if you ask for blood work from the hospital, unless people are wickedly, like, inflammatory disease prone, it's not going to be that big of a deal, like, just from a bout of exercise. But that looks, like you were saying, so many things are single digit, you know, up, bumps up and down. So almost 17%, that's something that's probably statistically significant, probably important in some way, less inflammatory, maybe better blood sugar control. Um, so cool stuff. Yeah, and last super quick thing on caffeine. <clears throat> At some point, hopefully very soon, uh, JISSN will have an update on their uh, caffeine paper. It's kind of uh, uh, I'm blanking. Ah. Oh, a position anyway, stand. Uh, yeah, position stand. Yeah. Sorry, brain fart. <laughs> uh, hopefully that'll be out in. Next couple of months? I don't know. I was one of the authors, so we submitted it a while ago, but I know everything is just taking much longer now than usual. But yeah, should be out hopefully sometime uh, this year. It'll be open access, so if people want a one-stop shop for just about all different aspects of caffeine, uh, look for that one. Mike, can I ask you something? Because I've been talking to some of the people on the editorial board at JISSN about doing one specifically. In fact, they asked about coffee. Um, how far does that one drift into coffee and phenols and all that kind of stuff? Or is it just like, just about caffeine? We try to just keep it about caffeine. There is some stuff in there on coffee and just as a behind the scenes thing, like, oh man, it's been taking us years (laughs) to get it updated Mm -hmm. and the amount of stuff we actually had to lesson and cut out is just astronomical right because you just think about how many research and decades we have on just caffeine yeah and then we had to kind of separate out a little bit of the subtypes of caffeine Um, but as you know there's a position stand on energy drinks um, which i helped on so that was kind of left to that one so you know having more of a review on coffee would would definitely make sense there's some of it in there but it wasn't the main uh, focus. It was just kind of a subcategory of, you know, saying, okay, this group was actually a coffee study. This was an anhydrous caffeine study because we know they can be a little bit different, but we didn't necessarily go bonkers on just coffee per se because we had to kind of cut it down in terms of length. Right, yeah. Well, it's like that the 
presentation that uh, Dr. Scanlon and I gave last year at ISSN, coffee is not just liquid caffeine. And, you know, what we are yeah. hearing today about, the, like, the sex hormones and stuff it, or the inflammation is really indicative of that, you know. So there's a lot of cool stuff. So maybe I'll start work on the – on you know, that coffee-specific review. Um, obviously, coffee is going to be one of the main choices for the average American, but sometimes I wonder about lifters. Uh, Phil, let me ask you, uh, you and your lifters, is mm-hmm. coffee the main source of caffeine, or are you guys is, – is there a lot of pre-workout use and energy drinks and stuff? Um, no, that's definitely not just coffee. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably usually coffee and then an energy drink. Um, Both, <laughs> if I was honest. Yeah, about about my people. Um, no, a lot of them use uh, like a pre workout, something like that. I'll use one, a scoop of something, just on Saturdays, Saturday only. I I reserve that for okay. I need to squat and deadlift heavy, so um, right. I try not to use it every day. Right. Uh, yeah. No, definitely. I'd say the majority of my, especially once it's hot, uh, less coffee, more. Pre-mixed pre-workouts, yeah. stuff like that. the paper that, or uh, it's really just a poster that we just presented at ASN about heart rate variability not being hurt by ongoing caffeine use. We did not limit it just to coffee. Most of our stuff is coffee, but we didn't limit it to just coffee um, because of what you just said. You know, people will go to the gym. Speaking pills and powders and energy drinks are a big thing in our population. Speaking of, did you guys see the uh, since we're on the caffeine kick, the the lady that went into heart failure? Because oh, she used the wrong scoop, you mean? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my she God. Like, she ordered, like, anhydrous caffeine, and it came with a tiny little, whatever the hell it is, a 30-second of a teaspoon thing, and she used her protein scooper. Oh, and my God. Like, 50,000 milligrams or some shit. And <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's over the uh, 50, I believe. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's this kind of story that keeps sane people you know um yeah. from actually being able to get like powdered caffeine and stuff like that yeah yeah i was oh, like yeah. Holy crap. like it's much harder to get it now and they've been trying to get it banned and i think in some countries it actually is because of that which I, that seems crazy to me yeah well remember back in the days when they were uh pulling ephedrine off the market ephedrine hydrochloride yeah. it's because people like are popping multiple mini thins it's like um mm-hmm. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like that's really strong, uh, you know. And then they get arrhythmic heart attacks and stuff. I don't know, crazy yep. stuff. Oh man. Well, you know, caffeine. I imagine people like to be shocked by stuff like that. It's like stuff. The negativity behind caffeine or dietary stimulants. It's not that dissimilar from the negativity that just won't go away about protein. It's like, come on, you know, these people are just not thinking. Anyway, yeah, that's why I did my one of my PhD studies was actually on monster energy drink, because at the time I'm like, okay, so how do I design a study that I'll get good results out of, meaning I can actually publish it and graduate? Yeah. Oh, what if it turns out positive or what if it turns out negative? I don't want to not publish it because I don't own the data because I'm just a PhD student at the time. So I'm like, if I use energy drinks, it's more novel. It's different. If they do enhance performance, well, that's something new because at the time it hadn't been studied that much. If it turns out they don't enhance performance and skyrocket and screw your HRV and a bunch of other stuff, that's probably newsworthy too. So I'm, I'm good either way. Right. <laughs> yes. And you know what? It's like what you were saying earlier about sometimes just hearing that it's not bad, like the protein yeah. and the caffeine stuff, just like what we measured was not negative. That's worth reporting. So it's it's win-win, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, you'll find this interesting. I have one of my more research-savvy senior undergrads right now. We're going to do acute stuff with different stimulants, like an energy drink versus you know a pre-workout versus coffee, and have them wear the HRV strap and see if we can see anything and maybe even differences between them, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, or do- doses, maybe two doses of each of these different things because sort of to your point and Phil's point, it's hard to keep up with all the most recent products in the pre-workout mm-hmm. category or energy drink category because hot damn, there's many. I mean, think about like Jack Owalk and all the bang stuff that's all over now. I mean, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. – it's. in fact, we might even 
do a taste test with some bang products coming up but yeah people like energy drinks caffeine is in terms of stimulants probably still from a dietary ingredient standpoint still the number one thing it's a yeah. couple other little fringe things it's a good drug that may have some data but yeah i mean yeah. anything that goes a little bit too far historically has been outlawed from this exactly category right so. strong stimulants always get targeted you know caffeine yep. though the politicians and the gen pop want caffeine so they're mm-hmm. not going to attack exactly. that one yeah <laughs> well and you know like i said to me there are certain drugs out there that are just good at doing what they do you know things like aspirin and ibuprofen we're going to talk about that later uh or um caffeine these are just relatively safe unless you're really not thinking or completely ignorant you know about how to use them i guess anyway Follow I think the caffeine is still the number one most used drug, I believe, just population oh, yeah, sure. yeah. People like their stimulants, man. Those mini thins used to sell like crazy. A lot of the oh. listeners to the show, they're probably too oh, young yeah. to remember the ephedrine hydrochloride. It was just sold right there in Circle K's mm-hmm. and gas stations. And I mean, boy, you took one of those and you were on fire for hours. Yep. But they, it also caused some high blood pressure and skipped beats and stuff like that so because it was strong stimulant you have to respect mm-hmm. that stuff yeah. and that was in people using a crazy high dose too like remarkably at the dose it was written at it was relatively safe considering like, yeah the, the studies people just yep tend to abuse the crap out of them. oh yeah yeah like the obesity studies would say well tolerated you know that's because yeah. they're being the, the people are being monitored and they're not doing stupid stuff like this phil said with the freaking protein scoop yeah <laughs> All right, let's go to break. When we come back, we're going to do some uh, quick fire this or that preference questions for you guys, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Hello, dear ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, you know who this is. Uh, so I'm here to tell you about uh, Dr. Mike T. Nelson's uh, new book, uh, Why You Should Eat Keto. I don't do it because, I mean, look at me. Come on, I'm fabulous and I'm fantastic. Anyway, you should text uh, Keto ebook all in one word to 44222 to receive your free copy. Do it. Do it now. Hey listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh, you poor meathead, all that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what. Uh, There is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote-unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, There's an enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that, and uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single-digit royalty on the book, but that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Iron Radio is, of course, primarily a podcast. But over the years, there have been technical glitches calling for backup streaming and listeners who wanted the convenience of other sources of audio content. Toward this end, Iron Radio is now simulcast and backed up on YouTube. If needed, please search Lawnman07 or Iron Radio from within YouTube. There's not much video, but if you like to listen through YouTube on a Roku or other living room device, there you go. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, 
We are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. All right, everybody, we're back. It's Phil, and it's Mike, and it's Lonnie, and we've got silly 18 quick-fire questions. Uh, partly, again, for new listeners maybe who don't know us as well, and this is something that's going to make everybody get introspective about themselves anyway how much do you know yourself but <laughs> the categories are going to be there's there's a four or five questions for each one there's nutrition there's the supernatural category there's mm. daily life and then literally there's about five questions just for gym owners so okay. here we go nutrition phil we'll start with you here okay. would you rather go without coffee for a month or protein for a month? Protein. Well, wait. Like, <laughs> like, like, mix it like whey or like any kind of protein. Like any, like yeah, steak. any protein, yeah, for a month. Oh God, I'll, I'll lose the coffee. Oh, <laughs> I gotta eat. Yeah, you know what? That's funny because I would go without protein. <laughs> <laughs> I would go without the essential nutrients so I could have my coffee. Because I'm figuring it's a month. I won't get quashed your core like in a month. <laughs> what about you, Mike? Oh, if it's all protein, I as much as I love coffee, I I would have to go without the coffee and maybe switch to some other caffeine source and keep my protein. Oh, see, you're going to loophole this. Yeah. I go. Yeah, I'm going to use coffee flavored energy drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Phil, number two, would you rather eat undercooked eggs or an overcooked steak? Oh, undercooked eggs. Yeah, you rather eat the rawish eggs. Yeah. 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 There's. Um, I'm. When you order steak, is it pretty rare? Yeah, at least medium rare. Yeah. Not. More rather than mm-hmm. so. How about you, Mike? Undercooked eggs or an overcooked steak? I would actually take an overcooked steak. As much as I don't like that, I usually like steak medium rare at least. But there's something about undercooked eggs that just I can't stand. It just, <laughs> I don't know if it's the texture or what it is or it freaks me out not knowing where the egg came from and it's not cooked. I don't know, but it just kind of freaks me out. Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, you know, there's... Av- there's um, avidin in uncooked eggs, and it'll bind up your biotin. You become biotin deficient if you do that too much. Anyway, nerd sidebar. For me, mm, I think I would eat the undercooked eggs. I mean, sometimes you can consume them. Like, you know, sometimes you'll get like an over-easy egg or something, and it's um, or a sunny side up, and it's got a little bit of runny. That's gross, but I don't know if I could eat a really overcooked steak. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. It's hard. I did the Rocky thing for a while where I was eating many years ago raw eggs just to see what would happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not, they don't taste as bad as you would think, but I, not, I wouldn't recommend that. And I definitely knew the person I got the eggs from. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Good source. <laughs> I wasn't doing this out of the grocery store. <laughs> okay. Uh, some of these are negative because basically I took these from the internet and I twisted them into gym culture. So, this one's more negative, Phil. Would you rather have dental and chewing problems or lower GI problems? Oh, good lord! Um, <laughs> God, it's hard. Den- dental problems, I guess. I don't want to shit myself any more than I do already on a squat rack. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about you, Mike? Chewing problems or lower GI? I'd probably go lower GI because I just don't like anything dental. I'm one of those weird people. Isn't there a name for people who have nightmares about getting your teeth knocked out? That's me. Some kind of condition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this is not as weird a question as you might think. I mean, one of the first things we do, like in inpatient dietetics, you go from room to room and you say, you know, any problems chewing or swallowing, right? Because if yeah. you don't think yeah. about that, but how can you get your n- nutrition in order if your mouth hurts or you're missing teeth or, you know, worse. So I think I'd rather have the lower GI symptoms. Uh, depends how severe, I guess. I don't want to have diarrhea to the point I, you know, dehydrate and die. But <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, next up. Great. 
Yep. Next up, this is not as negative. Phil, would you rather go keto or intermittent fasting for your next dieting phase? I don't know. I mean, neither one bothers me. Um, Oh. I guess right now I'll go intermittent fasting because I'm kind of doing it anyways. So not on purpose. I'll just get working Mm. and like, oh, it's been six hours. It's been 10 hours. I better eat something. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I know what that's like. You get so bogged, you know, like focused. You're like, you look up and you're like, oh, God, it's been six hours. Exactly. Um, Now that's funny. To you, six hours is intermittent fasting, but to a lot of people, it's <laughs> not, that's not a long time. <laughs> uh, but I mean, obviously, you're giving up something, right? Either carbs with yeah. the keto or just food yeah. periodically with the intermittent fasting. What about you, Mike? Would you rather go keto or intermittent fasting for, let's say, the next couple of months? I would say intermittent fasting. I already kind of do that already, and it's relatively easy. I mean, I've done keto, and I can do it if I had to. It's not. It's not at the top of my list per se. It just depends on what I'm doing with training. But I'd go intermittent fasting. Yeah, me too. Me too. Partly for the reasons Phil said. Uh, also because, I don't know, I've done that before. Like I'll take Thursdays every week and just to try to get out from under some insulin burden <laughs> and just not eat except for, you know, yeah. sip some, maybe sip a little protein or something. Um, Number five, nutrition category, Phil. Would you rather get free protein shakes or free protein bars for a year? Shakes or bars? Shakes. Shakes, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what brand everything is, but shakes are generally still, in general, taste better than the bars. Yeah. The protein's a better quality usually, too. Yeah. Um, they don't usually nitrogen spike and fake the, the powders as much. I guess I should have uh, qualified this. If this was ready-to-drink shakes versus bars that might be a more fair comparison right because the powders alone then you got to go through the extra steps but yeah how about you mike uh would you rather get free protein shakes for a year or free protein bars for a year well, i'd rather the same thing i'd rather go with the shakes they're usually a little higher quality something i'm probably going to use more often mm-hmm. well we're unanimous on that one then yeah yeah if they could actually not F around with the protein bars and put a bunch of collagen and gelatin or a single amino acid. And, you know, I didn't have to dig into the actual little ingredients list to make sure it wasn't bogus. Then I might choose bars. But anyway. Or you could get one of those collagen bars we had at, at Taco. Oh, God. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Yeah, they tell you I went down to Australia and they had them there, and I asked the owner of the shop about them. She's like, "Yeah, they're horrible. Don't buy them." <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so much uh, for uh, merchandising. <laughs> yeah, like at least she's honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, just don't do that. Just don't yeah. do it. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the supernatural category for Phil. I think I might have asked you. We, we've done this once or twice before, but would you rather have super strength or invulnerability? Invulnerability. Yeah. Because then I can just train my ass off. See? I can't get hurt. Agreed. Get super strong. I'm surprised at that. <laughs> I'm su- I thought you'd go for the strength regardless, but no, you're going invulnerable. Okay. Yeah. Mike, what do you, oh, how about you? Super strength or invulnerability? Yeah. I go the same as Phil. I can just train more. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're unanimous on this one too. Maybe this is because we're all older and it's like, it'd be yeah. great not yeah. to tear something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, invulnerability is really sounds really cool. You know, get shot, a building falls on you, just walk away. Hell yeah! Or even just do a you know some heavy deadlifts and not strain something. Um, walk up the stairs and <laughs> walk up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, uh, in the supernatural category, Phil, would you rather be Gandalf or be Aragorn? And if people aren't familiar with Lord of the Rings, Aragorn was like the leader of men. You know, Gandalf or Aragorn. I'll go with Aragorn. Yeah. Yeah. Leader of Men of the West. Um, how about you, Mike? I was especially interested in this one for Mike. Would you rather be a Gandalf or be Aragorn? Uh, I'd go with Gandalf. Yeah? Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. That's why we're, we're good co-hosts, right? Big mix, yeah. mix of... <laughs> Little opposites. Yeah, right. Yeah, I like... Get, he's kind of a loner. He's always kind of haggard. Um, powerful when he needs to be, though. Yeah. yeah. Anyway... Yeah, intellectual kind of dude. 
Um, more supernatural for Phil. This is question number eight. I made this especially hard for Phil. Okay. Would you rather get magically turned into a monster truck or into a Harley? <laughs> Good Lord. Um, hmm. I let me a monster truck. I guess it'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. It'd be fun to just crush shit and jump over it. And, yeah. <laughs> this question was originally posed about I think it was like um, monster truck or like sports car, and I'm not going to make it that easy because Phil's going to choose something that's strong and you know big. Yeah. And I already um, have a Harley, so okay. Oh, truck. there, there you go. How about you, Mike? Would you rather be turned into a monster truck or a Harley Davidson motorcycle? Uh, I'd go monster truck. Yeah, especially if you see them at you know they're doing crazy jumps and flips with yeah, them now. Exactly, that's pretty nuts. Oh, okay, true. So they're more nimble than you might think. Yeah, yeah. yeah plus, you get to fly a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I might be a Harley because unlike Phil. I'm not even going to tell you guys. I'm not even going to divulge how badly I ride motorcycles. So, but if I was one, you know, that'd be different. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my brother had it. He got a katana years ago. Maybe one day I'll, I'll share the story. It's, I'm lucky that I'm talking to you right now. So oh, good, Lord. Um, uh, motorcycle is one of those things I just haven't allowed myself to get because I, it would not be safe for myself. I, I, there's no way I could ride it slow, and it would not be good. So I'm just yeah, that is problematic. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is the problematic part of it. But I've known too many guys that were, um, you know, thrill-seeking bodybuilder type guys, and they would they even have a drink or two, and then get on their bikes. Yeah. It's like, dude, just don't. Yeah. Uh, I got enough dopamine problems as it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> we had an episode about that thrill seekers and dopamine levels, and yeah. Um. All right, let's move on to daily life with Phil. Question number nine. Would you rather wear a shirt that's a little too small or way too big? A little too small. A little too small? Yeah. How about you, Mike? Uh, I'd probably go too big. Like shirts that are way too small just bug the crap out of me. I can't stand it. Yeah. Uh, in most of my life, I would have chosen the shirt that was too big. I would prefer something that was just a little too baggy or too big. I used to wear big baggy sweatshirts all the time. Um, but I think nowadays I might actually choose something that's just a little too small. And the reason I say that is because when I go to work, I have to wear dress shirts. And God dang it, it is impossible to find something. You know, It'll say athletic cut. I'm like, oh, I'll buy one of those. And, yeah. and, and, and then you look at the, the, the little label and it says narrow through the chest and shoulders. No, no. <laughs> anyway. They should have like the, the lifter athletic cut and the endurance athletic cut. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Instead of just slim guy, because that doesn't work. Right. So I, yeah. in order to, and I'm not that big, but just to find something that the buttons and across the chest aren't, you know, bulging, it, it balloons around your waist. Don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> Okay, back to daily life. Question number 10 for Phil. Would you rather give up – this is brutal. Would you rather give up music for a month or ibuprofen for a month? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh, ibuprofen, I guess. Oh. You're... I get a lot out of my music. Well, yeah, to... you, you must because I know you love ibuprofen. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mike? Because I, I know you're a, quite the metalhead. Would you rather give up music for a month or ibuprofen for a month? That's easy. Ibuprofen. I don't remember the last time I took any, so okay. it's pretty easy. Okay. I need a stock. Yeah. No, <laughs> right. Me too, Phil. Yeah. So I'm I'm torn on that one too. I, I'm much more like Phil on that one. I have mm, – mm. Good stuff. Yeah, I'd give up the ibuprofen um, and just use aspirin or something like that. Um, moving on. Number 11 here for Phil. Would you never use social media again or never watch another movie? I'd never use social media again. Just walk away, huh? Yep. yep. I can deal with that. I'm almost at, uh, damn near at that point now. People are annoying me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and Mike use it with your business and stuff like that yeah. too. But I imagine millennials are probably going to listen to us and be like, how could you walk away from social media? But maybe I'm being ageist. So what about you, Mike? Never use social media again or never watch another movie? Oh, uh, that's easy. Social media. I'm almost 
at that point now anyway, which is one of the reasons I just stuff through a newsletter. And then I still write all my social media stuff and respond, but I have someone else who will actually post it. So I don't even have to be on there. And like I did my replies last night for the week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. For me, it's no brainer. I dumped most of my social media about six months ago. Uh, I just, I started thinking to myself, why, you know, I mean, stuff like, for the podcasting and stuff, YouTube, if insofar as you include that in social media, uh, I'll keep that. Obviously, iTunes, stuff so we can put out the show, but no. I hate Facebook, always have. I, I dumped my Twitter account. I just, I don't know. I'm done with that. I definitely wouldn't. I mean, I haven't been on Twitter in a year and a half. It's a trash bin fire. But yes. um, yeah, having a business, it's, it is, a, I think, a good way to communicate with some other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I do use it for some of that, which I think is super useful, but... Man, just to scroll through a news feed, I'd rather yep. jump off a bridge somewhere. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I just had it with politics and, you know, coronavirus news. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, I should mention to everybody, too, some of the videos that we're putting up now on the Iron Radio YouTube page, uh, I actually opened comments. I never do that before. You know, and I know that people are like, well, you have to do that. If without interactivity, people aren't going to – well, tough. It's a broadcast. Right? It's a push. <laughs> it's like a radio show. You don't always get to interact. But with the videos, I'm allowing that. But to your point, like with Twitter, Mike, I mean, YouTube comments just become a cesspool, you know, yeah. of insults and yeah. profanity and God knows what. So um, back to daily life. Let's see, number 12, Phil. Um Use only dumbbells for six months or only isolation machines for six months? Hmm. Isolation machines. Wow. I okay. Can, it, it's hard to make a freaking big-ass dumbbell. So <laughs> I, can, I can load up those isolation machines pretty heavy. Yeah, so, yeah, you can. Uh, okay. I think I can get more out of it. I mean. Mm-hmm. I think I would go dumbbells. I like dumbbells, actually, myself. What about you, Mike? Only use dumbbells for six months or only isolation machines? I'd go dumbbells, um, especially I've got some specialty cast, you know, inch, all the replicas and stuff like that. But yeah, I'd go, I'd go dumbbells. Those are the only ones I really have here, though. So I'm actually craving going back to a gym and using standard dumbbells again. <laughs> yeah, I guess the point of this question, as I twisted it to gym culture, was how do I remove barbells, for, especially from yeah. Phil? You know, that's it's just kind of brutal. Yeah. I could go kettlebell only. I've done that for a while in the past too. Yeah, I thought about that as well. Uh, Phil, number 13 here. This is hard. Would you rather go to the gym tired or go to bed wired? Go to the gym tired, I guess. Yeah. I can make it happen. I can right. Make it happen. Yep. So. Yeah. See, I think this might be different with um, newbies versus veterans. Like, veterans might be like, I'm, I'm always tired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll make it happen. Because yep. um, going to bed caffeinated, it sounds horrific to me. Yeah, um, no. How about you, Mike? Go to go to the gym tired or go to bed wired? Yeah, I'd say go to the gym tired. I mean, luckily I haven't had to do that too much lately, but I've done it a lot in the in the past. And there's nothing worse than trying to go to bed when you're like super wired. That just to me is just just to lay there and like, hmm, I should sleep. It's a horrible idea. Right. <laughs> you know, and for me, especially when you have to get up early the next morning, it's so stressful. And they're going, oh, I got to get up at five. Yay. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Last category as we wind down the episode today for gym owners. And this is really both of you guys. Question number 14, going to Phil, would you rather open the doors at 5 a.m. or close the doors at 10 p.m.? Open at 5. I already do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I should have made it 3 a.m. for you. <laughs> uh, okay, how about you, Mike? Open at 5 or close at 10 p.m.? If I had to, I'd actually push myself earlier and open at 5 because then I could go to bed super early. Um, yeah. 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 Um, although I don't open a gym, I did work in a gym for many years and i rather actually make myself get up and open too so we're unanimous on that one like closing up and having to clean and wipe down everything and stuff at 10 p.m that sounds really bad to me yeah especially when you consider most trainers are doing both 
<laughs> yeah, They're good usually point. There early in the morning and later in the evening too. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay, for the maintenance side of things, Phil, would you rather touch up paint or clean up clutter in your gym? Touch up paint. Yeah, I thought you might choose that. You're kind of artistic in nature. You probably get some kind of creative benefit out of that, maybe. <laughs> How about you, Mike? Touch up paint or clean up clutter? Uh, I'd probably do the clutter because it just, I don't like doing it, but it just looks better when I'm done. So I like the feeling of looking around going, ah, looks better. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd rather touch up paint too. For me, it's the cleanup with the paint because, you know, when you paint, you've also got the clutter of the paint <laughs> to deal with. Uh, number 16, Phil. This, this was uh, one that I pulled straight off the web, and I thought this is a really weird and hard question. Would you rather lead a team you don't like or lead a team who don't like you? <laughs> Ooh. <sighs> Probably the ones that don't like me. I, I could really give a shit. And <laughs> if I don't like them, I'm not going to – like, I'll probably walk out anyways. Okay. So it's like, yeah, know? yeah. So it's not going to go well anyways. So Yeah. I've been in that situation before where you had to tr at least train an individual or a small group. You're like, I really don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mike? Would you rather lead a team you don't like or lead a team who don't like you? Uh, I might say actually the f first one. Yeah, it's kind of a toss-up. Yeah, so, lead a yeah. team you don't like. Yeah, probably just because... I've had to do it before. <laughs> yeah. Just smile and try to be professional, I guess, you know. Uh, yeah, a lot of it depends on how long you have to do it, too. If that was my career and what I did every day with no end in sight, then that would be good. But right. If it's first time, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to put qualifiers in every yeah. one of these, you know. Uh, Phil, this is one you've probably thought about yourself before. Number 17, almost done. Would you rather train clients outside in the cold or train them inside where it's sweltering hot? I, I don't care. Like, I'm not the one training. I'm training them. They can freeze. I can bundle up. <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> They're suffering, not if me. Was, if it was me having to train, I'd pick the hot. Um, okay. I don't deal with cold well anymore. My joints hurt. Um, right. I'm, for comfort, I'll go with the heat. I'd rather be hot than freeze. Okay. Okay. So. How about you, Mike? Uh, train outside in the cold with people or inside where it's sweltering? Hmm. I would probably pick cold just because I'm more cold adapted than I would say most of the people I'd be training. So I wouldn't feel quite as bad. Um, yeah. Also depends on the time of the year. Like if it's summer in Minnesota, I'm pretty good in the heat after the two to three week kind of adaption period. But like when I go down to Costa Rica in winter, let me train there. Oh my gosh. It was, it, it's just brutal because i'm just not used to it yeah so i've been trying to do more sauna and stuff before i would go this time but yeah i have a harder time with the heat than the cold i i just sweat profusely like non-stop <laughs> leave it to mike to talk about environmental adaptation as a qualifier yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i think i rather train in in cold weather too it depends though like lifting heavy when me myself when i was very cold i just wouldn't want to get hurt but otherwise like temperature wise you know my my dad used to say when I was little, you can always put on another layer, but you can only take off so much, you know, when it gets yeah. sweltering. Uh, last one. For a year, Phil, would you rather coach only fat-burning cardio sessions to powerlifters or, and again, this is for a year, or strength sessions to a bunch of male models? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> cardio to powerlifters? Uh... Or strength to male models. <laughs> Cardio to powerlifters. We're going to have a lot more laughs. I'm yeah. just going to get pissed off the other way. Yeah. So <laughs> at least we'll all, we'll all hate it together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I admit I'm pigeonholing that all male models are sort of primping and, you know, maybe not into uh, lower body work, <laughs> you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I have seen some male models, though. I've been on actual sets with them. Uh, like doing photo shoots and stuff, and I'm like, oh my god! Like some of the behaviors I saw were just completely unacceptable. Like Phil would either walk away or just deck one of them, you know. <laughs> um, what about you, Mike? So for a year, coach only fat burning cardio sessions to strength athletes or strength sessions to male models. 
Since you said it was cardio fat burning, that makes me think it's lower intensity stuff, so I can't yes. brutalize them with intervals on the rower. No. So I, I go with the male models. At okay. Least I can do all sorts of other stuff, and I'd, to me it would be a lot more enter- entertaining, and I feel like I'd be doing something different. Otherwise, I think I'd lose my mind doing the same thing all the time. Yeah. I think I might try the strength sessions to the male model, just to kind of convert them. Like, no, you're missing the point here, right? You're Yeah. You're not heavily built. You're not actually that muscular. Let me wake you up to this fact. <laughs> yeah. you, you, think, also, you think it's good. Which male models, too. Like, I've trained a couple of them, and they're pretty strong dudes. So it just you know, depends on what end of the spectrum you're looking at. It too. does. It does. I'm trying to stereotype here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, yeah, I can't <laughs> imagine doing only low-intensity fat burning for a bunch of big power lifters and trying to keep them entertained or engaged for a year. <laughs> I don't know. Because yeah. <laughs> they're like, come on, can we just do a sled? And no, you can't. It's low and steady. Low and steady. <laughs> don't okay. make me break out the Jane Fonda tapes. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. I just thought I would fire that stuff, keep it light. Oh, those uh, are good ones. Some yeah, that was fun. Summer stuff. Uh, and then um, Everybody, check out the YouTube channel. We're trying to move in that direction a little. It's funny, but the uh, behind the scenes, I'm watching some of the audio stuff dip because people, I think, are looking at the the YouTube stuff. And I don't want to. I want to be an audio podcast for the most part. I think audio still has its place, you know, when you're driving or lifting or whatever. But anyway, yeah, I'm going to give a shout out though, real quick to uh, people who don't know. Stan Efferding is doing a seminar series that are free. Oh. Oh, and it starts today, I think. Wow, yeah, he's going to be stopping all over the place. He'll be rolling through here next Wednesday. So oh wow, he's got to stop in Wichita and then a stop in Kansas City. I think we're going to hit up some lunch in between those, and then he rolls on to like twenty some stops, and they're all free. You just go on his site and sign up, and yeah. So oh cool, Stan. Yeah. So go to verticaldiet.com. I think it is. I'm not on there, but. uh yeah, there's a lot of people that don't know. But, yeah, he's doing a free seminar series, and they're going all over the country. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to see if he's coming up here, yeah. Be sure I told him I said hi. He's just a, just an awesome, straight-up dude. Yeah, will do. Yeah, I always liked him, actually. Okay. Well, we'll see everybody next time. Yep. See ya. Hey, listeners. Have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store one for phil one for fortress and one for myself dr lowry and they're thematic so you can go into our halls of iron store and choose based on your goal if you need something to learn or read or something nutritional you can look in my store uh, lonnie's store if you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition then take a look at phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun, heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. So we try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each Hall of Iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, The stuff you you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast 
and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.